Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy, Devin Hine. But if you've been a long-time listener of the show, by now, I'm sure, I am sure, that you already know that there's no Luke Mueller here today. A, there's no schnazzy intro music that Luke was kind enough to find for us. And B, the audio quality is much different because we don't have all of Luke's high-tech equipment. However, your boy, Devin Hine, is here. Uh, Luke and I... As you know, the holidays have been wonderful and whatnot, but our schedules have not been able to align. So we missed our show last week. And then for this week, Luke was like, hey, let's divide and conquer like we have before in the past. Uh, we have had both this Buccaneers game and this uh, Panthers game to cover. And I asked Luke which one he would choose, which one he'd like to cover. And he chose the Panthers game. Probably should have chosen that one since it did end up in a W. And the game that I'm stuck with was an L. And it was a very ugly L. I know I'm going to bring back some trauma for you, my fellow Packer fans. But if you somehow forgot, the uh, the then 7-7 seven seven Tampa Bay Buccaneers stomped all over our Green Bay Packers 34-20. This is the pinnacle of the, the fire Joe Barry game, uh, considering the fact that Baker Mayfield, for the first time in the history of Lambeau Field, was able to get a perfect passer rating. For those of you who don't know, 158.3 is the metric for a literal perfect game for the passer rating that we've been using since, what, the 80s, 90s. Uh, Baker finished 22 of 28, 381, and four touchdowns. It would have been nice if that was Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, you know, an NFL legend, Dan Marino, someone. But the fact that it was Baker Mayfield, who the last two times he's come to Lambeau, we picked him off three times. And this time it was a much different story. I guess you could call this game Baker's Revenge but he was on one, that's for sure. I know it's just me today, but we're still gonna do what we always do here, folks. And we're gonna do, I think and I know. And my, I think I, I'm a little sad to say that I think that one of one of the strengths of this defense, at least what we thought was gonna be the strengths of this defense going into this season, was gonna be the middle linebacker room. We brought back Devondre Campbell, who was just all pro, I believe it was two years ago, year before. And then Mr. Quay Walker in his second year, who definitely showed some signs uh, his rookie year, right? He had a little bit of a little bit of hothead, got himself ejected twice, but definitely showed some physicality. You know, he is supposed to be this all-worldly hybrid linebacker that can not only come up and stuff the run, but also is diligent in the passing lanes and can be a cover linebacker that you can put on a tight end, that you can put on a running back and feel pretty good about that. Both of them, however, were completely picked on throughout this entire game. We'll get into it more as we cover the defense, but I can't tell you how many times we were sitting back in cover two and cover three, and the ball is thrown right at them. Baker Mayfield said that he's grew up as a big Brett Favre fan, and you can see it in the way that he slings the ball, and you can see it in the way that he slings the ball into somewhat contested coverage. Um, it's not like the Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker were off the screen on most of these plays, but... They're making the catches, and our guys aren't making plays. They're they're right there, and by the second or third drive, they should have known that hey, Baker's gonna be thrown our way. He likes these matchups, and no adjustments were made. You know, very few plays on the ball were made by two of these guys that are supposed to be the cornerstones of our defense, and especially against the Buccaneers, we just didn't see it. Now, for my second one, I know that Luke is gonna be laughing his butt off when he hears this, but I know. The Dontavian Wicks 
is by far the most incorrect I have ever been on a Packers draft pick. As I'm sure we remember that Luke brought up several times when we drafted him, I was like, why the hell we take this guy? He's slow. He ran like a 4-6, right? You, you saw him get open when he was playing at Virginia. What, what teams is he going against out there? Huh? How is this guy going to translate to the NFL level? And boy, oh boy, I was wrong. Especially in this game. Dontavian Wicks looked to go wide receiver one. He finished with six receptions for 97 yards. Average of 16.2. No touchdowns. But this guy had at least four first downs. May have, honestly, it might have even been five. But like every time that we needed a big play on offense, he was going to be the person that was going to make it. And I've, I've never been more happy to be wrong about someone. And Don Tavian, thank you. Thank you for making me a believer, man. With this game, we can go you know two different ways like we always do. We can go offense. We can go defense. And I think I'll start with the offense because overall it was pretty good. This was, I would say, one of Jordan Love's best games of the season. He finished 29-39, 284, two touchdowns, um, no interceptions. He did have the one fumble late when we were down by, I believe it was 10, 10 or 14 in the fourth quarter, um, trying to just make anything happen on a fourth and 10, and he was pressured immediately. Ball came out, wouldn't have mattered. Just, he was sacked, and it was fourth down, and that was pretty much the dagger in the game. But you see Jordan stepping up in the pocket, you see him being confident with his reads. You see him making key throws. Honestly, one of the best throws of the season we saw out of him, I believe, was in the second half when he hit Jaden Reed on a corner route, corner of the end zone. Tough throw, tough catch. Jaden Reed's able to get the double toe tap in. Huge play for us. I believe that brought us back to within four. Um, but it was just a, a hell of a throw by Jordan Love. You're seeing a lot of these out routes that he's been pretty accurate on, especially earlier in the game. One of his misses, though, was unfortunately on one of those out routes. I believe it was on our second drive of the game. We were trying to match the Buccaneers' uh, point total, and it was a fourth and goal. Yeah, it was. I believe it was after we got the turnover from Kingsley and Yabari. Fourth and goal, Packers trying to cash in. Just a little bit of an awkward throw. He's kind of throwing it across his body back to Jaden Reed. His feet aren't completely set, but with the arm that we've seen out of Jordan Love, that was still a throw that I expect him to make. Um, he did miss another later one that was a little contested looking for Tucker Crafts. Overall, I would say pretty darn good day for Jordan Love. Really happy to see how he's progressing. I mean, he did have a couple rough patches earlier in the season. This is another game that I think should really make us all feel confident that he is the guy, that at least in the quarterback position, but we're going to be set for a while here. So shout out to you, Jordan Love. This is the first game that we had Aaron Jones back in several weeks. And on that first drive that we got, he had carried the ball, I believe, was six or seven times for around 40 yards. And then he finished the game with 13 rushes for 53 yards for a 4.1-yard average. Packers game plan, kind of going back to our old sins, especially in the second half. We get down, and it's just throw the ball around the yard. I mean, I think he had, what, probably three, four, five carries in the second half, and that was it. He was looking like he had his pop. He was looking explosive. You could tell that he was so happy to be back, and then we just went away from him, right? It's the Matt LaFleur panic and anxiety. Aaron Rodgers used to always talk about how Matt LaFleur's anxiety is usually like a nine, and then once we get down, it goes to like a 12, and the play calling kind of goes with that, and it really did feel like that, especially in the second half. We're going to receivers. Already talked about Don Tavian works this big day. 
Tucker Craft also had a very nice game. I mean, this guy's looking like he was the higher tight end drafted. No offense to Luke Musgrave. Tucker Craft finished with four catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he took a nice design tight end screen, kind of like a mid-screen, which I usually don't like those, but it's not the first time that he's been able to punch it on one of those. Tucker continues to look like a steal. He also was able to win on a up and out uh, where he just like runs toward the sideline and then he goes up the field. You can call it a wheel route, big play in Madden, which never seems to work. However, Tucker ran it beautifully. And then he happened to hurdle a guy too. Not the first time I've seen Tucker Craft hurdle somebody. Got to be careful with your ACLs, man, because we need you. We've had enough injuries in this offense. But Tucker Craft just continues to get it done. Talked about Jaden Reed having a nice touchdown catch. Romeo had a nice day at the office. Uh, only three catches, 30 yards, but did what we asked him to. Malik Heath had to step in a little bit. Three catches, 29 yards. Uh, I believe he did have a nice first down catch in the second half. I know that Wicks and Reed were both a little begged up in this game, so he did have to do a, a little bit of wide receiver by committee. Even Bo Melton came in for a catch for seven yards. Talking about the offense, let's do some play calling as well. There's some creativity in this game that I liked. We did see a couple times that Jaden Reed was in the backfield. On one of them, it was just like a, a quick flat route, which we've talked about from the tight end position, especially like Andrew Corliss back in the day. I knew that was the bane of Luke's existence, where you essentially just have somebody run as shallow as they can toward the sideline, try to get some leverage, try to get some speed. And the cornerback, I believe, was either in man or covering that flat and read it beautifully. I like the creativity, but it's just sometimes, you know, the other guys get paid too, and they're going to make plays. And that's exactly what the Buccaneers did on that play. The tight end screen was beautiful. Uh, I did like how we tried to establish a run in the first half. And then, of course, we went away from it in the second half because that's just what we do. But overall, some creative play calls from the floor. I didn't think that it got too cute. You know, a few times we've seen too many reverses, too many jet sweeps. I would have liked to see a couple in this game. I don't really think we saw any. We saw a few pulling uh, running plays. I know that Aaron Jones on the first drive had a really nice it's like a counter trap where even it was Josh Myers had a beautiful block downfield and Tucker Craft did as well. I got Tucker Craft looking like a dude, not only in the passing game, but also in the running game. I mean, we've seen the quotes. I've mentioned them on the show before. He wants to hurt people. Like Tucker Craft seems like a really good dude, but when he's on the field, I wouldn't want to go against him. I don't think any of us would want to be going against Tucker Craft with the mentality, the bloodlust that he has in it shows. A lot of these guys you see in the passing game with their tight ends or receivers, and in the running game, maybe not so much. But Tucker Craft, he's definitely showing that he got what it takes to be a Green Bay Packers tight end, and I couldn't be happier that we drafted him. Only other thing on the offense I want to touch on was just that offensive line. We did have a screenplay in the second half to Aaron Jones that was dialed up perfectly. Jordan gets it away. We have three guys out in front. We have three Buccaneer defenders. If everyone gets their guy, it's Pater. He's running for a while, at least. And what do we think happened? 0 for 3. Our three offensive linemen, I don't even know if they touched. I don't even know if they blew on. I don't even know if the Buccaneer defenders knew that they were in the vicinity because there was absolutely no impedance of their progress, of their path to Aaron Jones. They just turned style, just let him go right on through. And it was like a, a two-yard gain, which did set up a third and long, which... Our offense has had to get good at because we've been in those situations way too many times. All right, let's switch to the defense. And on defense, I'm not going to be not going to be fully negative, right? I can do a little glass half full. I can find a little positivity here somewhere, even if it's hard to find. Lucas Van Ness, 
had a nice sack. Kingsley Angabari on the Buccaneers, I want to say second possession, had a sack strip fumble, which then I believe the Packers failed to punch in on. So it kind of went for not, but nice play by him. Kenny Clark had a couple of sacks, a couple big ones. I know one of them did force a Buccaneers punt. I believe another one of them forced a third and long, which of course the Packers did give up because that's just what this Joe Barry defense does. So it's not like we didn't affect Baker Mayfield at all. We still had four sacks. We still got in his face. I didn't love the, no pun intended there. I know, I know, it's me. I didn't love the uh, the lack of aggression on defense, though. I'm not even talking about the coverage yet. Oh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Joe Barry, if you're listening, you're not escaping my wrath. Like, we're going to get to that. But where's the pressure? Where's sending the extra heat? You know, when I mentioned earlier in the show about how Baker Mayfield had a perfect passer rating, and I wish that it was Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or any one of those legends. You know, anybody else get a little, a little triggered, a little throwback, just watching these colors, remembering that 2020 NFC Championship game, where in the first half, kind of like this one, we did trade shots to the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers had a much bigger lead at halftime in that game. And then Mike Patton, good old Mike Patton. Remember when we used to complain about him? Isn't that funny now, guys? Looking back on it, we used to complain about Mike Patton and now think about Joe Barry. Well, Mike Patton knew what a second half adjustment was. And he said, all right, if I sit back here in this cover three, cover four scheme, which is very, very similar to what Joe Barry likes to run, they're going to pick us apart. Absolutely. They are going to pick us apart. And we had better athletes in the back end then than we do now. And so what did Mike Patton decide to do? He said, all right, this isn't working. If we sit back, he is going to pick us apart to death. He's going to dink and dunk, and that's exactly what Tom Brady did. So in the second half, Mike Patton decides to dial up, a blitz, dial up some blitzes. And what do we do? What do we do in a NFC Championship game, in a game away from the Super Bowl? We pick off the GOAT three times. Three times. And if it wasn't for some questionable play calling and a few other things I don't even want to go back into today, we probably win that game and go to the Super Bowl. But my point is, is that in that game against the GOAT, we made an adjustment. We sent blitzes, which resulted in three turnovers, three interceptions, an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Playing Baker Mayfield, folks. We're playing Baker Mayfield. We've talked to the show about how Joe Barry just needs to think that whoever they're playing is the absolute best quarterback in the NFL. Because we saw against the Chiefs, right? We mixed up some coverages. We sand some pressures. We had success against the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. And I like Baker Mayfield. He's a slinger. I actually think Luke and I said that we love Baker Mayfield. Guys, guys got a lot of heart. Guy was tossed to the side in Cleveland, and he just keeps on chugging, man. Good for you, Baker. But Baker Mayfield is not somebody that should have 158.3 passer rating. So why, oh, why is it that we're sitting here in cover three and cover four the entire game and letting him dink and dunk without sending additional pressure and thinking it's going to work? I don't know who it was, but a man once said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and thinking you're going to get different results. And him trotting this defense out there, doing what they're doing, sending no additional pressure, no better disguises. is It's just not working. Now, to those who would defend Joe Barry, which if you're defending Joe Barry at this point, I would suggest that you have somebody drive you to the emergency department and you should get a stat CT of your head because there's obviously a bleed or some type of infarction going on. And as someone 
who cares about you and cares the fact that you support the show, I want to make sure that you're well. But to those of you that are somehow defending Joe Barry, he's, he's very in his principles. This is the coverage. This is how we're going to play. Cover three, cover four. The guys are going to be in their zone, and we're not going to get beat deep. Yeah, second quarter, That uh, just that verticals concept that Baker Mayfield hit. Mike Evans, like a 25-yard touchdown. The cover three and cover four is supposed to be good for, right? Don't get beat deep. Well, well, we got beat deep, so that isn't working. On that play, actually, there were two buck, there were two Buccaneer receivers who went open for touchdowns. So you, we pride ourselves on this is this is the scheme, this is what works. And I would hope, I would hope you know the the getting dinked and dunked underneath is bad enough, and it is, and it is. We continue to see guys playing off, right? But that would almost be understandable, almost, almost, keyword, almost be understandable if we're sound in the back end, if we're sound in our rules and our principles. What I'm talking about here, folks, is that you have rules and principles in zone coverage, not only your assignment, but based on stacks, how the receivers line up. Buccaneers did a lot of trips, which threw us off big time. I'm going to pause and have a little plug for Leroy Butler, Packers Hall of Famer, the OG the father of the Lambeau Leap, who does a beautiful breakdown. They're on YouTube. I think he's linked up with one of like the local Wisconsin sports channels. He does a beautiful breakdown of the coverage maps and explaining what goes wrong, where guys are supposed to be. I know Luke is all over JTL Sullivan's quarterback school, but this is even better in my opinion, at least for the defensive side of the ball. I watched it and I feel like I could go coach football now after just listening to Leroy Butler talk. I could probably at least coach football better than Joe Barry, but that's not really saying much at this time. If we are going to pride ourselves on not getting beat deep and knowing the principles of our zone coverage, then we actually have to do it. Leroy Butler is pointing out all the time how Koi Walker and Devondre Campbell are, are not in the right spots in their zone coverage, which, oh, by the way, was pretty evident. And somehow they were still in the vicinity to make several plays. Devondre Campbell nearly had a pick six on, I think it was Chris Moore, David, it was David Moore. David Moore, one of those uh, dudes, a journeyman that I think the Packers had in their practice squad during the 2020 season, mainly a returner. But yeah, David Moore takes a little screen that Devondre Campbell is, is inches away from grabbing and takes it 50 yards untouched to the house. Quay Walker had several plays. Not only like there were a couple uh, like Texas routes to Rashad White, which is literally like the perfect matchup. That's why we drafted you, Quay Walker. To be the athletic linebacker freak hybrid in the middle of the zone coverage, being able to keep up with running backs and tight ends. And most of the time, Quay can keep up with them. But people always joking mad about the awareness rating, right? Like, oh, what, what, is, what does that really mean? What does that really do? You know, you see some guys that are like freak athletes, got really good speed, really good tackling. And their awareness is just piss poor to bring down their rating. And that is exactly how Quay Walker should be should be thought of. He he can be in a position to make a play on the ball and just doesn't. There was a deep, I want to say, post to Mike Evans where it goes goes pretty much right through Quay Walker's hands. He was right in the position to make the play. If he turns his head and makes a play on the ball, it's at least a pass breakup. It's potentially an interception. But then even when he's in man coverage, uh the 
one of the Buccaneers second half touchdowns went to some Bo Kiefert, Bo Kiefert. I don't even know. They're super reserved tight end. And when I don't know who he is, that's a problem. Drew was wearing 41 and it wasn't Spencer Havener, Packers legend. Shout out to you, Spencer Havener. And it, it was man-to-man coverage, just like a simple out route and Quay couldn't keep up. And, and that dude had his first, not only his first touchdown in the NFL, but his first reception in the NFL on man-to-man coverage against a first round draft pick who's supposed to be this linebacker hybrid freak. Way Walker, you are definitely in danger of becoming my my Paul Bear this season. You've been let me down one too many times. I'm hoping for a bounce back end of the season against the Vikings and against the Bears, maybe in the playoffs if we get lucky. But, but you and Devondre, especially in the heart of that defense, which is, as I said earlier, from my thinking, I know you guys are supposed to be the cornerstones. We got a lot of other moving pieces, right? We have Valentine and Valentine and Jonathan Owens in the back end, and a whole bunch of guys that we didn't think we were going to see play pretty much at all that are now having to start. And you would hope at least, all right, pass rush, do your thing, which four sacks, four sacks without sending extra pressure with how piss poor our coverage was. I'm pretty happy with that. I'm really not going to blame the defensive line for that at all. I, I think they balled out pretty well, uh, both against the pass with four sacks, and then Rashad White finished with uh, 21 rushes for 89 yards, 4.2 yard average. Didn't feel like it. When the Bucks got the ball back with two or three to go, Rashad White had some of the best runs of his day. That definitely upped the average a little bit, made his day look better than it was. Back to what I was saying, pass rush was doing their thing. Uh, on the back end, with the pieces you got, you just you hope they can stick with Joe Barry's principles and do the best they can which apparently isn't much right now. You would hope that in the middle of the field with Quay Walker and Dervonte Campbell, guys that we've invested so much into, that we're not getting these cheap Texas routes, that we're not getting these cheap crossers and screens. It's just, it's it's looking like we got Blake Martinez and Jake Ryan out there. Like, come on, guys. You need to be better than that. I mean, I don't really know what else what else to say here, guys. Defensive line did their part. On the back end, we're either playing off and soft, and they're they're taking easy, quick passes. The play calling is too predictable with the cover three and cover four. I feel like Baker Mayfield knew every single coverage before he called hike. We're not disguising things. We're not mixing things up. We're not, even if you don't want to send extra pressure, at least make it look like it. Make him make those reads post-snap. But when it's literally... We line up exactly with how the play is going to be called. It's just easy money for him. Man, anyone could have done that. I think we're playing the Vikings this week with Jaron Hall, the rookie quarterback out of BYU, who the first time we saw him, he looked absolutely inept. There's only five snaps, but like that guy looked like the, the lights were a little too bright for him. And now I can't wait for him to go throw for 250 or 300 yards because if we are going to sit back and play vanilla defense with people who can't follow the rules, can't follow the rules of zone coverage, or we try to go man, and then we get Eric Stokes, who's supposed to be our, our burner corner, who looked like a stud his rookie year. Remember, we thought we thought we had a steal, and now we can't stay healthy? And it looked like the injuries have caught up with him. I mean, he did not have any chance of keeping up with Mike Evans, and Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I understand that. I wouldn't feel bad if Mike Evans was towering over him and making a, a beautiful contested catch. Like That's what you think about when you think about Mike Evans. You don't think about a burner who's just able to blow by your fastest corner who's supposed to be a freak athlete. I'm hoping. I'm praying. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm doing some, some juju meditation 
whatever I can to hope that Joe Barry decides to mix it up a little bit. What's the point in playing so far back if we get beat over the top and we get beat underneath? Just go and send pressure. And if we get burnt, so be it. We're going to get burnt anyways. Let's try to create some pressure. Let's try to make some quick decisions for the quarterback. Let's hopefully have him make some mistakes. And and hopefully if we get sacks on first and second down, then we're not going to go back to our cover three and cover four and allow the other team to convert third and 25, third and 26, third and 28, whatever it was that we did in the first half against the Buccaneers. And this game is, is Jordan Love and the offense doing everything that they can. Maybe not some of the best play calling. You would like to see more Aaron Jones in the second half. I can nitpick that, but on offense, that's that's pretty much it. And maybe some offensive line would like to be a little bit better, but they did open holes for Aaron Jones, at least when he was able to get the ball. But on defense, it's, it's more of the same. And, and honestly, maybe even more worse because I did not feel – I didn't feel like I saw Quay Walker and Vonder Campbell being exposed this much in earlier games this season. I didn't feel like I saw people being – beat deep and that the holes in the defense were as wide open as they were. I'm hoping in the future that we have the continued growth of Jordan Love and that him and this offense are able to carry us as far as they possibly can. Joe Barry, please pick up a Madden playbook, start calling something different because if not, we're just going to keep on getting the same results. That being said, if you're listening to this episode, thank you for coming back to us. I know it's been a couple of weeks. I know this episode are, these episodes aren't always as fun because I think what makes the show is, is Luke and I going back and forth at each other, more so Luke going at me for things like Dante B. Wicks and Josiah, which is definitely fair. I asked for it. We should be back together next week. And I, I hope that everyone has had a wonderful holiday season. You have a happy and safe new year and that you and your people are well. Until next time, go Pack Go.